0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family wealth and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more. You still need to get to the point where you and your wife are going to be living on your salary only. So how do we get there? This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. It is the first Monday of the month, my friends. That means we're answering a question from the marriage, kids, and money community. After that, we're highlighting our money master of the week. And last but not least, we've got our FinTech Spotlight segment. This month, we're featuring Tomorrow, a Seattle-based company that's on a mission to help you protect your family from the unexpected. Those are the types of companies I like to associate myself with, my friends, family-focused businesses that help you build wealth and protect your family. Now that I've given you the skinny on today's show, let's crack into it. Our question of the month comes in from Tyler
1: from Livonia, Michigan. Hey, Andy. It's Tyler from Livonia. Uh, First off, love what you're doing with the podcast and website. Um, Some great, great stuff and insight here. Um, So question uh, that we had, my wife and I currently have a 15-month-old son. His name is Henry. And um, we love Henry very much. And we've been considering over the last five or six months going down to uh, single income. My wife and I both work nine to five and considering my wife staying home with him and really enjoying this these couple years these formative years uh, before he goes to school so I was wondering if you had any steps or just general advice on you know looking at that process budgeting for that process really strategically planning for that process of going down to uh, a single income it's it's a scary thought at this point but um, would love your insight on, um, on how you guys did it and uh, what were your considerations. So thanks so much for the, uh, for the help and support.
0: Thanks for calling in Tyler. First of all, congratulations on your first couple of years of being a dad. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that it's one of the most difficult and one of the most rewarding times of your life. Based on this voicemail and our email back and forth, I know that your heart is in the right place, in my humble opinion. You and your wife want to do what you feel is best for Henry, and you're willing to make some sacrifices to get there. You asked how Nicole and I made the transition to a single income, so I wanted to answer that part of your question first. Before Zoe was born, our now six-year-old, Nicole and I talked about how we could make the transition from both of us working to just one of us working. We both agreed that it would take some time, and it would not be an overnight thing. We were in the midst of paying off $50,000 of debt, And we were starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So conversations like this one were seeming more real. Starting off, I had around $30,000 in student loans, and she had around $20,000 on a car loan. So once we were consumer debt-free, once we made it through that tunnel, and we were consistently living on a monthly budget, Nicole was able to go part-time at her job, and that was sort of a little scaled version for us. And it was great because she worked at an incredible company that allowed her to do that. I know not everybody has that situation. So we were very lucky in that situation. Another, uh, another great luck, another blessing that we had was that my mom and Nicole's mom and a little bit of daycare helped us take care of our little girl for the first two years of her life. And, and now that I'm saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that we had our mom's help uh, during that time in our lives, a very, you know, a very tough but important time to rely on family. and, and I really appreciated that for sure. And I, again, I know that's not something that everyone has the ability to take advantage of. So thanks, Mom. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> Budgeting and savings automation was also a very important piece of this puzzle. We were solely living on my salary and saving up hers at this point because we were practicing on what it would be like to just have that one single income. So everything was factored into our budget, and her salary was automatically saved each month. Automation took care of that for us. First, it was saved for our home down payment, the one that we were going to be buying in uh, 2013. And then after we bought the home, we would take that money of her salary and throw it at the extra principal on our mortgage so we could pay it off early. And we were able to do that last year. So uh, the plan the plan worked. <laughs> and then after Calvin was born in 2014, we went from the two salaries to just the one salary. And by this time, we were used to living on the one salary anyway because of this uh, high savings rate we had. So that's that's how we did it. We got rid of all of our debt. We lived on a monthly budget, we practiced living on only my income, and then we went part-time first, and then full-time stay-at-home momville. So now, for your situation, let's say that your wife, I don't know all the details, let's say that your wife doesn't have the option of going part-time. You still need to get to the point where you and your wife are going to be living on your salary only. So how do we get there? This, I'm, I'm trying to make this um, work for you, Tyler, as well as the, the other folks that are listening, maybe in a um, more generic sense. So let's talk about the steps of transitioning from two salaries to one to allow the stay-at-home mom situation to, to come to life. So number one, live on a monthly budget. And again, I'm going to be speaking from my experience here. You may not be into budgeting, But if you wanna do something like this, I personally feel it's a must. You need to write down the numbers in whatever fashion you like. I'd recommend using a system like Mint or Tiller if you're into the spreadsheets. But uh, Nicole and I have been using Mint for six, seven years now, and we use it to track our spending and our saving. And that's what you would need to do. Track your spending and saving going forward. This will help you achieve this major goal. This is a really big deal. Trying to transition from two salaries to one takes a lot of work and a lot of tracking. So live on that monthly budget. Number two, eliminate your debt. If you have debt, Tyler, make a plan to pay it off as soon as you can. I like the debt avalanche method. There's the snowball, there's the avalanche. There's another one called the debt hatred method, which I like. It's like, which debt do you freaking hate? And get rid of that one first. (laughs) Get rid of that one first. (laughs) I like the debt avalanche method. Uh, You have all of your debts and then you sort of line them up with the largest interest rate first and eliminate that one first. So you're freeing up more cash quickly. Like for example, if you've got some high interest credit card debt, pay those bad boys off first. And once you've paid off one of those debts, use that same intensity and the same cash to pay down the next one again and again and again until you're debt-free. So that's number two. Number three, trim back the unnecessary expenses. Tyler, if you're gonna do something radical like this, it's gonna take some sacrifice on your part. After you've done your budget, and you're looking at those line items, decide what can be reduced or eliminated. Here are five areas that you can consider the trim back. (laughs) Number one, gym memberships. I don't know, just consider it. If it's something you use a lot, you love it, you know, that's that's one thing. A lot of people join gyms and they don't go. So number one. Number two, your cable package or other entertainment subscription services. Think you know the the bulk cable package with all the channels and the HBO and the Showtime and you got the $200 bill is that something you can trim back Nicole and I cut the cord I think 2 or 3 years ago and we're down to 60 bucks just for our internet and we're, we we don't mess it at all it's it's totally something you could take a look at other entertainment subscriptions think like Audible Hulu Netflix Blah, 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 blah. There's, you know, they all add up now. So take a look at all those and see where you can cut back. Number three, going out for dinners, drinks, and work lunches. I know when Nicole and I were just married with no kids, we went out to dinners and drinks a lot. And when the kids came along, we did not go out as much, mostly because we (laughs) just got to coordinate babysitters and things like that. But it's also a great way to save a a little bit of money. Same thing with the work lunches. See if you can pack and save yourself some money there. The next one, groceries, transitioning from a an expensive grocery store like Whole Foods to looking at something like Aldi. And then lastly, vacations. Do you guys go on vacations a lot? Maybe take a look at that as one of your line items to cut back. If you're feeling like cutting back and budgeting is a lot of work, remember you're doing this so that your wife can stay at home with your son. It's a short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Okay. So that was number three, trim back the unnecessary expenses. Number four, practice living on one salary. So as you're trimming and saving, you'll notice you have money left over each month. It's awesome. Especially when that debt goes away, this is going to be great. (laughs) Save all of it in a savings account so that you have a nice big chubby emergency (laughs) fund of at least three months of expenses. This way you're practicing living on one salary and saving up your dough for that rainy day because it's going to come. Number five, assess the benefits situation before your wife quits. You'll want to assess the benefits at your job. Will you be paying more for health insurance each month? How about dental? How about vision? You just want to factor in those extra costs into your budget as well. So make make sure you take a look at the, the old benefits. Number six, I think I'm on. Yes, number six, increase your income. If you're still finding, Tyler, that it's going to be really difficult to cover your monthly expenses on just your salary alone, you might have to find other ways to make some money. At your job, have you been exceeding your goals lately and you think you're due for a raise? It is time to ask for it. This is the time. (laughs) Be sure to list your accomplishments and your contributions to the company instead of just saying, I need some more money, man. (laughs) Outside of your job, if uh, getting more money is not an option, maybe consider a side hustle that makes you some money in the short term. Perhaps this is during the debt payoff period. Who knows, you might have a hobby that you love doing that could net you some extra money as well. For me, I like doing podcasts, as you guys can tell, and it's helping me to make a little bit of dough on the side. So that's number six. Number seven, you're ready for stay-at-home mom time. Once you're able to live on your income only, Tyler, your wife is set to leave her job. Obviously, She'll want to give plenty of notice to her employer and leave things in good standing because who knows, she might want to go back to that job or just generally that industry soon, and she wants to leave a good impression before she goes. So make sure some of those things are buttoned up. Number eight, realize that being a stay-at-home mom is not a luxury while staying at home with the kids is definitely a blessing for you and your wife, Tyler. It's not going to be easy. There will be many stressful days for your wife. Take it from me. It's not, uh, it's, it's, yeah. (laughs) Take time to love on her, show her your appreciation, give her a break every once in a while, let her get out of the house, read a book, or just sit in pure silence for an hour. <laughs> Whatever her relaxation thing is, support her with that. A book that I keep on recommending to the show is The Five Love Languages. If you haven't read it, read it. That way you'll know how to love on her correctly because everybody has their own love language. And this book really made a difference for, for me and Nicole. I'd highly recommend it. And... Um, On occasion, I will admit I've been guilty of not appreciating my wife's sacrifice as a stay-at-home mom. The best way for me to truly understand what her life is like, her stay-at-home mom uh, existence, is for me to stay at home with the kids, even just for a day without her. Lately, it's gotten a little bit more pleasant as the kids have, have, have grown, but when they were like three and one... And I stayed home with them. Oh, <laughs> Let's just say my stressful job seemed like a cakewalk. <laughs> I hope this answers your question, Tyler. I want to go over those eight points one more time. Number one, live on a monthly budget. Number two, eliminate your debt. Number three, trim back the unnecessary expenses. Number four, practice living on one salary. Number five, assess your benefits situation at work. Number six, increase your income if you need to. Number seven, prepare for being a stay-at-home mom. And then number eight, realize that being a stay-at-home mom is not a luxury. I hope these points are helpful, Tyler. Start by making a plan today and take some action. time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Matt from Northern California connected with me about partnering with his wife to pay off $40,000 in student loans in four years. Talk about a partnership and marriage. We just got off this great conversation with Tyler about partnering together in his marriage. So when I asked Matt... About how he and his wife crushed these loans together, how they made this partnership come together. Here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, th- there was there's a lot of factors that that contributed to it. Um, I when we first got married, we were kind of navigating, you know, how to be married, how to merge our finances, how to kind of set a budget together. Um, and it took a while for that that stuff to kind of come together for us. Um, but I would say what really sparked it is we, we went to, um, financial peace university, which is Dave Ramsey's program. And we went to our church and, um, and did that there. Um, and that really kickstarted the whole thing because it gave us the foundation of, um, breaking it down into smaller steps. Um, and so we could focus on one thing at a time. Uh, and that made it seem possible. And so um, the biggest key there was it gave us the motivation um, that paying off this debt was was important and we needed to do it quickly uh, because it would open up options for us. And once we had that motivation, then, then the other pieces started to fall into place. We, we developed a written budget together and, and made a, a mint.com account um, so that we had visibility into all our different financial accounts. Um, And then started tracking our expenses closely. um, And then it was just throwing every extra dollar we had um, towards towards this debt. And that's what really kickstarted the payoff and made it happen a lot faster.
0: Matt and I actually have a lot in common. I'm a big fan of Mint and Financial Peace University, too. That was big for when Nicole and I got together early in our marriage When I asked Matt what this student debt freedom means to him and his wife, here's what he had to say.
2: Well, we're really excited that now we're going to have some extra cash flow coming in. Instead of having to throw it all at debt, we get to start to build for the future. So part of that is planning for a future family, um, starting to build up. We have an emergency fund, but we'd like to build that up uh, bigger, um, throwing more money at investments, um, one of our favorite things to do together is travel and experience new places. So we've been able to take some trips throughout this, this debt payoff, but um, taking more trips is definitely on the list. So just it, it has opened up a whole bunch of options, and it's taken a, a huge burden off of our shoulders. And uh, it's a very freeing feeling. And um, even though there wasn't confetti and a parade when the last <laughs> payment went through, uh, it definitely it feels different because that that kind of burden in the back of my mind isn't there anymore. And it's it's been very freeing to have that gone.
0: When I asked Matt to inspire and motivate others who might be listening to the show who also have truckloads of student debt,
2: Matt left us with these words of wisdom. So my advice to people that are in the same situation are that you can do it too. Um, I don't consider my story super unique or, or crazy. Um, I feel like a, just a regular guy and we just made small, consistent pro- progress over time as a team. And so if we can do it, you know, you can do it too. Um, what really made the difference for us was, was having that, that teamwork. Um, so I would encourage you to find a, a partner or a, a friend, um, to come alongside you to, to, um, help you when the time, times get tough. Um, but also really just, just set a goal and set a why for, for why you're doing all this. And for us, our why was, um, we wanted to pay these loans off quickly so that we'd have more options. Um, and we, you know, we had more freedom. And so when you, when you have someone on your side, when you have that motivation and when you have that, why, um, it really, you know, helps you in those months when, When you're trying to be patient and and the the balance isn't going down as fast as you as you want, um, those components really help uh, motivate you to keep going. You can
0: follow Matt and get some excellent personal finance advice at spillspot.com. That's S-P-I-L-L-S-S-P-O-T dot com. Matt! Thank you so much for sharing your student debt crushing story with us. And congratulations for being our money master of the week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? I would love to hear from you. I love promoting these great stories. It really helps get me all jacked up, and that it also inspires other people listening to the show. So please email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. This month on the show, we have a super curb lineup of guests. I can honestly say that I learned quite a bit from each of these financial gurus, and I know that you will too. Next week, the founder of FamZoo, Bill Dwight, joins me to discuss how we can raise financially savvy kids. That is right up my alley. The week after, Deacon Hayes, the author of the new book, You Can Retire Early, chats with us about you guessed it, how we can retire early. (laughs) The following Monday, we'll be hearing from Joe Salcihai from Stacking Benjamins. We'll be talking about the ins and outs of partnering with a financial advisor. And at the end of the month, I'm interviewing John from ESI Money about how we can earn, save, and invest our way to becoming a millionaire. I'm predicting April to be one of our best months ever on this show. If you're not already subscribed to this family empowering podcast, please do so today. Thanks for listening. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Mitch Album. Sacrifice is part of life. It's supposed to be. It's not something to regret. It's something to aspire to. For the betterment of our families, everyone, carpe diem.